0: Hey, Melvin. Hey, Dan. What's going on, man?
1: I got into a car accident. Like what
0: the? <laughs> what? Yesterday? What are you talking? You've been having car troubles for the last like four
1: months, dude. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, so I was making a big purchase. I um spent like a thousand dollars of budget. I've so I have money budgeted to me, and my so is my senior pastor to buy books for like professional development. And a friend of mine was leaving pastoring. Uh, he's leaving the ministry and so he was just selling off his library so i was like sweet deal not like that sweet that he's leaving pastoring but (laughs) sweet deal like i'm ready to get some cool books and stuff so i was meeting his uh wife who recently gave birth at a mall to in the parking lot like we're like we were making a drug deal but it's theology books and such many of which i will soon uh recommend on a show at some point i'm sure so i'm driving up and we i meet her and we're filling my car with boxes and so i i i didn't ask him so i asked him like what what happened like why is he getting rid of his library she's like oh man like i was hoping you wouldn't ask and so it turns out he was going for his ordination he was doing his ordination papers and he encountered questions he didn't have answers to and in the process of that on top of an incident that's actually kind of my fault where i talked him into going to the psych hospital because he was suicidal so he got he gets out of the hospital. He gets medication, and the medication he gets takes away his fear of death. Like he is worried about what happens after he dies. That's so about the fear of death, and then he's encountering these questions. He has answers to. Like the collection of that makes his faith kind of fall apart. Mm, and um, so that's why he's getting rid of his library. And so I ended up talking to his wife for a while because she's still a believer. And you know they're going through a rough patch. And throughout all this time, like she turns out she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and so she gives birth to this child. And this the birth of their child kind of brings them together a little bit. Oh, so we're sweet. talking about how this child is kind of like, this, almost like an anchor for them. It's a sign of God's faithfulness throughout all of this. Like, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I'm praying for her now. I'm praying for him, obviously. And it was just this like bittersweet thing where, I mean, obviously I like getting books and stuff, but, you know, I let him know, like, listen, if you ever want these back, I'll just give them back to you. I, I wouldn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you're know. just like, it just, you know, it's been a running thing in my life. Like all of these people I went to Bible college with, because this is a guy I went to school with. Yeah, that's right. You know, this was by visibility week. Half the kids that bullied me in high school and college and called me gay and and made fun of me all came as by this week. And -hmm. then like half of, half of them are people from, I went to school with and they're leaving the ministry, leaving the faith, their lives are falling apart. It's just like, you know, it's, it's a reminder of that we have feet of clay where you're human and Mm -hmm. it is only by the grace of God that people survive. Most people don't last a year or two years in ministry and they're just dropping like flies and. So I was thinking about that And as I'm driving, I'm driving home. I drove That's to the state. It's a lot state, to be
0: thinking about when driving. And
1: I'm pondering this and praying. I'm like, God, like, why are these faithful people leaving the ministry? Like, why why do some make it and others don't? It's a question of obsessed with for a long time. And I'm driving home and I pass this guy. He's long hair, he's unkempt face, and his car looks like, you know, a junker. And for some reason he stuck out to me. I'm like, I don't know about this guy. And so I'm dry, I pass him. And then there's like the stop and start full of traffic. I start, I stop because there's traffic in front of me. I look in my mirror, I just watch him. He's behind me now. He looks down, like I think he might be looking at his phone. He looks up, and there's just terror in his face. And he slams (laughs) the brakes. Oh no! And I'm just like, this guy's gonna hit me, isn't he? Yeah. Hits me the hits me in the back of the car, and. I just was like, oh my gosh. But we're in the far left lane, so we can't pull over. Right. So I just keep driving. And I'm just driving. And he's driving and he pulls up next to me. We rolled down our windows. We're still driving and we're just talking to each other. <laughs> and there's just terror in his face. And he's oh. like,
0: Dude, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay? Oh my gosh. <laughs> are you okay?
1: I'm like, I'm fine. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry i am so sorry i didn't mean Aww, to like i like which is good they didn't mean to hit me <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. just like i could. Mean, i could tell this guy bob books i could tell yeah. christian i hate christians you know uh <laughs> he's just like, oh, i'm so sorry i'm like dude it's, it's okay man it's, it's okay he's like oh, yeah. oh are you okay i'm like i'm are you okay and it's like oh, <laughs> yeah yeah He's like i'm like is the damage bad is it bad he's like no it, it looks fine <laughs> which i don't know if i trust him and it's like it looks, it's dude it's all right we're cool it's fine man it's okay and in my head, when I say it's okay, I mean, I'm not mad at you. Right. God's mercies are new every morning. There's grace for us. And he's and I have this thing where I assume we're all on the same page about stuff. And he's just like, oh, good, good. And he just like gets off in the next exit and leaves. Like He doesn't no, pull over. So you guys didn't stuff. even pull over? I think when <laughs> right. I said it's okay, I think he heard, we're cool, man. Don't worry about it. Wink, wink. And yeah. in my head, I meant. I did not get a neck injury, I'm not going to sue you, we're fine. So we just but leave. But let's pull over to like at least assess the situation, yeah. <laughs> so I drive home another hour, <laughs> pull into the, <laughs> the parking lot of my church, old, I got the talk. books for my pastor, I got books for me, and it's just like, we look at my car, and there's just like an outline, there's like a, there's like, you can see where he hit me in the back of the car, because he had like a snub-nosed car, so uh. there's just a there's just a dent in the back of my, my trunk, where just an outline of his car is there. <laughs> It's kind of cute. I was like, well, it doesn't look bad. <laughs> and my car runs fine. So,
0: wow. Well, I'm glad you're safe. And I'm glad I guess he was safe. Maybe he could just
1: be a little safer next time. But the yikes. pastor me came out in that moment. It was like, dude, it's all right, man. It's all good, man. <laughs> in the life of eternity, what is this moment? You know? Yeah. Uh, So, I'm getting AAA soon <laughs> in case <laughs> in case yeah. anything happens to me.
0: Hey there, it's your friendly neighborhood call to action. Just checking in on you. Hope you're doing all right. I'm just stopping by to say, you know, if you enjoy the show, you can always subscribe and write a review for Cinematic Doctrine. There's iTunes, Podchaser, basically anywhere you listen. You can give us a shout out with a thumbs up, five stars, gripping positivity. Or if you hate the show, you can say that too. Wait, what? What are you saying? Why are you saying Well, I'm not going to tell them what to do, Ted. They're free to do what they want. Our analytics say we got a lot of listeners in the U.S. and you know they love their freedoms. And you're also free to check out our Twitter. Very active there. We host polls, memes. There's also the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group called Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group. If you want to join, just answer the questions, read the rules, and tell them the podcast sent you. Also, you should check out our website. Some really cool stuff there. Editorials, written reviews for movies we haven't had time to cover. Always check out cinematicdoctrine.com when you get the chance. Oh, t- uh, Ted also told me I shouldn't forget to mention the Patreon. Something about you can support us or something? Wait, Ted. I thought this was like a hobby thing. You I want me to, to... expand Cinematic Doctrine. You know Right, this right, right. Yeah, I, I forgot. I'm the one who put all this together. Yeah, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as low as $3 a month, you can gain access to exclusive content like The Pre-Show, which features free-form and Christian-friendly discussions on all kinds of topics, as well as influence the podcast. That's right. Each month, you get to vote on a movie we discuss on the show. Previous movies our lovely Patreon supporters have chosen are To All the Boys I've Loved Before, Hamilton, Onward, and American Gospel Christ Alone. Huh, you guys have good taste. Anyways, I gotta run, so I'll see you guys later.
1: Yeah, what's uh, what's Paranorman about, Dan? Paranorman is a great movie. Uh, Paranorman is the, I believe it's the second... Well, it's like it's kind of the third big output from Studio, and I always pronounce their name incorrectly. Leica, Leica, that's what I say. Leica, I always going to say Lakitu, but this famously, they were the primary creative force behind *Nightmare on Elm Street*. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I do
0: the exact same keep thing that every in. time. <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Primary career versus Nightmare Before Christmas. Coraline, even. Same director as Nightmare.
1: So, yeah. So, Tim Burton has made quite a bit of money off slapping his name all over Nightmare Before Christmas despite having very little to do with the film. He just wrote it, didn't he? So, it's based on a poem he wrote. He commissioned a film based on a poem he wrote, and that was all the creative input he put into the film. So, he didn't do the songs, he didn't do the characters. Nope. He didn't direct, write... Wow. That stuff so uh he did visit set three or four times according to the director like a typical executive
0: producers yeah. they get their free lunch because they show up on set and eat the donuts and then they leave
1: <laughs> so weirdly specific beef you seem to have <laughs> um, with executive producers in particular that's what our producer does he just shows up and eats a sandwich so we so far we've established the studio that made the movie um so Coraline, <laughs> okay. Coraline's is like was their first uh big breakout like Striking out of their own type of movie, which I don't right. know if we'll do that anytime soon or anything. It'd be cool. It's still huge. We sell a lot of Coraline stuff, I yeah. love Coraline. Coraline's uh, movie also made my dad cry. Like he got so uncomfortable watching it he get up and leave the room, which is weird for kids' film. Uh, so, following the success of Coraline, they decided to uh, make a second film, which is norman uh, which is directed by Sam Fell and Chris Butler and written by Chris Butler who don't have a lot of credits to their names outside of these films. I know Chris Butler uh, directed the recent Bigfoot movie uh, that came out from them. And so Paranorman is one of those charming great films that I think can only exist with an animation, which I think is in this case strengthened by the unique stop-motion animation the studio is famous for. Mm -hmm. It tells a story of a young outcast who totally, really, man oh man, does he feel like someone involved in the movie really wanted to make a movie about themselves as a kid yeah yes uh, yeah (laughs) because he loves old horror movies he loves zombie movies and he also can talk to ghosts and sees ghosts despite the protests of his family voiced by a very recognizable selection of famous comedic actors Mm -hmm. uh, and actor actresses and so norman uh is just a weird outcast kid and he can see ghosts and he talks to them however the sort of there's two interesting creative decisions they make First is that the ghosts are not malevolent angry forces they just sort of hover around just Just because that's what ghosts do Um, some of them have unfinished business left and that's why they're still on earth Uh, and so norman who is already awkward in the way that uh, kids in 80s movies are awkward has the extra layer of he talks to ghosts Uh, mclevin bullies him at school because he's a freak and so uh the sort of the thing that pushes it forward, however, is it just so happens that there is an ancient prophecy, MacGuffin, end of the world type event, which his crazy uncle is warning him about. And then his uncle very quickly in the movie dies, which is kind of interesting for a kid's film. And then his uncle's ghost says, you have to help the thing. If there's a thing that's going on. You have to stop it. There's like an evil witch type character. And so uh, Norman and his band of friends in a stranger thing, super eight kind of way have to go on an adventure to stop the forces of evil. And of course, this story about acceptance and not judging people who are different. And the end resolution really not only does it hammer home that theme and harms home the theme in an absolutely heartbreaking and sad way. Yes. It yeah. moves me in a way that not a lot of movies do. Yeah. Uh, it's a c- clever, creative, fun movie. Part of why we really want to do this for the season is it's a perfect Halloween film in that it. Is scary, but it's scary in a fun "cover your eyes, but look through your fingers" kind of way, as opposed mm-hmm. to scary in a bad way. It's also a good children's film, and that mm-hmm. it teaches good, wholesome lessons. But it's also engaging in a way that adults will sure s- surely appreciate. Yeah, it's very funny. It's, it's very, very funny, funny. It's cleverly written. It's creative and fun. I wish it was a little more popular than it is. Mm-hmm. It uh unjustly lost to Brave at the Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature, which is just nonsense. Wasn't that the classic? Classic thing that if Pixar it's a Disney Pixar thing, it's going to year. But so I really, I quite liked Paranorman. I watch it. I try and watch it every year around Halloween. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's one of the best versions of this type of movie. I think there's a special type of like Halloween time movie, which rides that line of being something that is kind of scary, but also really just captures this, the feeling of being kid around the time where you can just, Feel the leaves falling to the ground and people putting up Halloween decorations and mm-hmm. going trick or treating and your school being decorated, which I think is more what Halloween is about than, you know, Michael Myers coming to stab you to death <laughs> or whatever, but it also <laughs> yeah. still has that, that the underlying, uh, sinister, this is going to be something that you probably don't hear on a lot of Christian podcasts. Sinister and kind of that fun danger kind of way, where there is sort of still a dark Salem witch trials kind of underlying history behind it, uh, which the film acknowledges, but also acknowledges the sad reality of the situation, which is that it <laughs> which trials weren't exactly what some people maybe think they are. So I really enjoyed the film. Uh, what did you think, Melvin?
0: Yeah, Paranormal is really good. I it's just like I remember the first time I watched it years ago. And, uh, I kind of stepped away from paranormal in the exact same way I did then, which was, I liked how it really started and I liked how it ended, but I found some of the middle stuff kind of a little, just like long winded and, but, but I really like it. Cause yeah, it has, it has that comfy fall vibe of like, you can make some popcorn and have some apple cider and watch the movie with the windows open and hear cars driving by, um, and listening to the leaves rustle. It's just cozy. Yeah, I, it's, it's good though. I, I really enjoy it. The animation definitely draws out a lot of it, but that's clear with Laika. I mean, they're really, really, really good at what they do. And I think what's nice is that things felt tangible in comparison to a lot of modern animation now. In fact, I'll even talk about this. I started watching Ed Ed Nettie again. And something I really like about Ed, Ed, Nettie is that it takes advantage of the fact that since it's animation, we can just do bizarre, weird things with animation as opposed to modern animation, which is so much of like constant, like cut and pasting figures and putting them together, um, like kind of sprite animation style stuff. So like an example, like Ed, Ed, and Eddie, to hide, they all hide behind a really thin flagpole and like. Obviously, it's not possible to do that. And that's kind of goofy and fun. Whereas in a lot of modern animation nowadays, it's sort of just like, it's more just like real life, but animated. I don't know how else to describe kind of what I'm getting at, but it's just not taking advantage of the format that it's in to do otherworldly bizarre things that my brain will never question because it's a cartoon. And um, Laika has fun with that, I think, by just giving bizarre proportions to everybody. The f- there, Certain characters don't even look, I would even say, like pleasing to the eye. Because <laughs> like Neil kind of just looks uh, almost like wrong <laughs> as like the buddy friend character. But then it like it still works. I don't know. It's just it's kind of fun to me that it just sort of just says like it's a cartoon let's just have fun with the proportions and the character designs and everything and runs with that. So yeah, I know. everyone's
1: stylized.
0: Yeah. And I just yeah. want more of that anyway, but you don't get a lot of that nowadays or you get it way beyond what's normal. Um, I'm thinking of centaur world, which I haven't checked out, but just uh, by how stylized <laughs> it looks, I kind of want to check it out anyway. Paran- it's good. Paranorman's good. I like it. I think it's pretty nice. Paranorman. Well, you, so you started talking about it in your introduction that Paranorman is like, kind of like surprisingly really emotional. And you're right, because whenever I keep thinking of even the last shot of the movie, it just like my heart just starts to like tighten up and I'm like, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm going to start crying. Why
1: is that, Melvin? What is it about the movie that connects with you so well?
0: When we were watching this movie, I said to Cat, hey, I remember a time when I felt so lonely, I tried talking to ghosts.
1: Okay. Is that
0: a true story? That is a true story. I went to a beach trip with my parents that I did not want to go to. My sister had already been in college, so I had no one to spend time with. I had just moved into a new house and I had just left my school to do senior uh, year at home. None of my friends ever texted me back whenever I wanted to get together. And I was very sad and alone. And so then I started to get into ghost adventures like every cool kid does. And <laughs> Zach Baggins was my best friend. And yeah. so then I got a bunch of school, cool ghost stories from the library because I didn't really want to go to the beach by myself with my parents because that's boring. And so I just stayed in the beach house and I read some ghost story books and then I put them down and I just said, hey, if there's a ghost here, I don't, I'm not that scared. I just want to have a friend to talk to because I feel alone right now. And that's what I did for four days. And I know what it's like to feel alone and to feel different. And Paranorman's best parts are when it really kind of, at least for me, that it most connects with is when it's kind of going with that is Norman is so... Like, nothing's actually wrong with Norman. <laughs> he's, in fact, what's kind of great is the introduction of him just saying hey to, like, sh- nobody. He's walking down the street saying hi to obviously their ghosts, but, like, nobody's there. So yeah, it's just him sequence. alone. Yeah. And then at some point, it shows you what he's seeing. And it's like, oh, ghosts are everywhere. Like, a, a pilot who fell into a tree or a bird who has a soda can plastic wrapped around his <laughs> neck, which is all pretty clever. And all of it's really wonderful. You're seeing like, oh, Norman's like totally normal. And he's just a sweet kid who just is connect- finding who he connects with and is connecting with them. And then the next sequence that it shows on his walk to school is going through the city, just the town square. And it's disgusting and gross. And it looks like there's oil stains everywhere. You can practically smell it. It's just, it's just gross. There's like old men hitting on young women. And it's just the worst. And it's like this kind of amazing juxtaposition of like, why is everyone telling Nor- Norman to be normal when this is what they're offering him? I love how what is it the 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 there's a line when then, it's the play and the woman saying the Puritans were people who uh, basically just wanted to make it so sin never existed and then like <laughs> the, the Puritan zombies show up at the town square and it's just a denizen of sin <laughs> it's <just laughs> awesome it's like such a great scene and so it's like I know what it's like to feel alone and then people are like trying to get you to like be a part of something and then you're just observing it and you're like nothing about this is appealing or interesting or fun. So I'll just take my weird stuff over here and spend time there. Cause that's the only thing that, that makes me feel like I'm alive. This is the only stuff that makes me feel important. I mean, it's in, it's so sweet that his grandmother literally will not die because she's like, well, I haven't finished business. I told your dad, I would, I would take care of you. That is so sweet. Yeah, <laughs> And then and then even the fact that the introduction to Norman is he's watching a zombie movie. And it's like it's so funny because the zombie movie is so, so bad. <laughs> it's very bad. <laughs> it's the, the brain. This is a giant like human bite mark. In it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it's great. so cool, which I wish this movie had more of that since you're yeah. already playing with claymation to just have more like claymation violence could be cool. But she doesn't even know what's going on in the movie, but Norman likes that she's there. Why don't they just talk to each other? Yeah, why don't they? (laughs) It's so cute. And like when you're just feeling distant and weird, all you want is someone to just kind of step into your world and spend time with you, and... I don't know. That's really sweet. So when the final scene of the movie is everyone just doing that, which is not spoilers for a movie that's 10 years old and doesn't isn't even talking about the actual plot of like the witch's curse and the Puritan zombies. Um, when the final shot of the movie is the entire family steps into the room to watch his zombie movie, which they all know is going to be bad. And I'm sure Norman even knows is a bad movie. <laughs> it's just really like I couldn't, I can't talk because if I open my mouth, I'll start crying as the end credits roll. So yeah, I, I, I really, really, really like this movie. And then I also just like that it's sort of just a fun, innocent, spooky romp where like it turns out the zombies are actually just normal people <laughs> that are just scared of the world. And uh, yeah, so I, I love it. And then I also, yeah, I connect with its themes of like people do bad things because they're afraid. And I think that's not actually... People do bad things because, you know, our hearts are full of sin and we want to do what we want, but it's not irrational to also say like, now that we're separated from God, thanks to the fall, that like, we're afraid we don't have security anymore. So you just start doing anything that'll make you feel safe. And sometimes that means putting other people at expense, which is very sad because that's sin. And so it's themes about like people doing terrible things because they're afraid. It's like, well, yeah, that that connects with me because I've done terrible things because I was scared. And I know plenty of people who are very repentant. And oftentimes it's like, well, I did this because of XYZ. And it turns out their reasons, although it's still sin, are rational and typically based on fear and lack of security. And not just security, but ultimately love. Because if God is love and we're separated from God, then all you want is that. Like We need that. And so- Paranorman's a very sweet and fun movie. It's so innocent, it's so cute. I would I too wish it was bigger. I I guess Coraline is a little scarier. And so I think that might yes. be why yeah, it's Coraline's connected scary. with more people. cuz cuz scary stuff is cool. And Paranorman, yeah, the second the, the middle you're kind of like in the middle of the movie, the second act and you're kind of always waiting like cat observe like once it starts the movie keeps going at a breakneck pace but what's funny is it's like it's constantly moving but then there's never any threat and so like it's not the threat is the idea of the curse will take right but like nothing there's yeah yeah but like that's like the threat is michael myers will kill laurie strode but michael myers kills other people on his on his way to killing laurie strode and so like there's not a lot of threat in this movie where it's like yeah the witch's curse is a threat but like Nothing else really happens, <laughs> and it's mostly jokes and hijinks. It's like a slapstick movie in claymation. It's more funny than it is scary, and I wish it was more scary. But I know that that's a really, really hard line to balance because, like, you go too scary, and you're like, um, what is it? A couple years ago, uh, Overdell's scary stories to tell in the dark, which I think was probably a little too scary for a preteen audience, even though I think it was pretty decent. Or you go not scary enough and you just get paranormal where it's mostly like, I feel like if I was a lot younger and I was like, finally, a horror movie that I can watch because it's rated PG or PG, I think it's PG, right? Yeah, PG, yeah. And then I go there and it's not scary. <laughs> like, I would be pretty disappointed,
1: so. Well, it's like Coraline, like Neil Gaiman wrote Coraline, like the book, he expressly wrote it because he was trying to, he, his story he tells is he went to a bookstore and asked what do you have for horror for children? And they were like, uh, nothing. And so <laughs> yeah. he decided to write his own version of what a horror story for a child would be. And I think that, like, in translation of adapting to a film, it is a horror film that is actually specifically scary to children, which I think is uh, part of what the magic of that movie is. Perry Norman, like, you get the impression that this is less an attempt to make a scary film for children and more a film that would speak to you know the kids that Shared similar experiences to you, where they don't feel like they fit in, or they yep. feel kind of like an outcast, or they feel like they're made to feel lesser because they're different. And mm-hmm. what the magic of this film is is that the end moral is to—I mean, a, it's a typical sort of acceptance of people who are different, but specifically more, it's the story of reaching out to reaching out to those who are different because. Uh, I'm a sucker for any movie where the resolution is something a little more clever than just punching as much as I like punching <laughs> and the big scare, the big revealed in the movie is a big, scary ghost that everyone's afraid of. The witch character, um, was he, the witch who was killed in the Salem witch trials was not a older spooky witch who lives in the woods and eats children It is a young, like 11 year old girl, who was um, executed, and the the reason that she was seen to be a witch is she has the exact same abilities as Norman. She can also talk to ghosts, and that was seen as you know witchcraft. And there's this great, and part of it's great for a child to see something like this is it immediately hits home the idea that like the people that you may be ostracizing or seeing as different may actually be actually the same as you. Right? They, like she, not only is she not scary or a horrible monster, she is like the basically just norman but in a different time period mm-hmm. and that that in and of itself is kind of beautiful but like the beautiful resolution of a scene where he just sits with her as she essentially passes on and it's like the first it's person great. she's ever talked to <laughs> it's who so yeah. is incredibly sad <laughs> oh my god shockingly sad not <laughs> yeah. just because like the whole movie is pretty lighthearted. hearted it's lighthearted, and then there'll be a scene where, like, his uncle just dies.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just happens. They fake they fake die, and then he really dies. Yeah. And then there's hijinks where Norman is having to, like, play with a dead body for a bit. <laughs> it's
1: yeah, bizarre. it's
0: bizarre and and not only that but like even learning about the witch trials hijinks i mean literally one of the costumes in the play is neil dressed as the hanging tree like that's so (laughs) stupid (laughs) like so everything you everything you've been taught about this movie is like don't take it too seriously and then you get to the third act and it's like oh man like this is really just rough stuff it's it's wild it's it and you know the third act's fun too cuz it kind of feels pre spider verse they have almost the same aesthetic of just like ignore rules and physics just do something that looks really cool yeah. cuz a lot of the visuals in that third act when he's when norman's talking with agatha is really really cool
1: yeah it's yeah it's it, it it's when I, when I say the word inventive, I don't just mean like, oh, they come with inventive things to do the plot. But like when I, they're, they're illustrating the story via animation mm-hmm. uh, and again, like in a way that you couldn't get in live action, which I think are, a lot of great animation is ones that remind you of like why the medium is so powerful and right. important in the first place. Where it's a not only just because it matches kind of the storybook aesthetics that they're going for here and there, and not just because they're telling old fairy tales and there's they're going to the town's history and that sort of thing, but because it's a story that I think in a – because imagine this as like a big studio film, for example. I could see it just becoming like CGI sludge. Yeah. Where like there's big portals open up in the sky and lights come out and the zombies are just CGI, which I think would either make the movie in unintentionally more creepy for children or make it so fake looking that it doesn't have any effect, where while well, the stop motion zombies match the tone they're going for, and again they have this thing where like the zombies are kind of goofy, they're very three stooges esque in the way they interact with one another mm-hmm. and kind of shuffle around. So like yeah, the animation isn't just like beautiful to look at, but I think it helps tell the story they're trying to, in a way that's very effective. And like it, it weirdly makes things sadder because it, it the story feels more childlike. Like a scene where like a young girl, like who is alone and afraid and no one's ever understood her, like <laughs> dies and presumably goes to heaven <laughs> yeah, or hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, like that's it's it's sadder because it's in this childlike story, but it also is more palatable to its audience. Because you aren't seeing like a human girl who's an actress like dying, for example, right? So it is a perfect like middle ground for the, for the content they're putting forth. Oh, I, I, the story they're putting forth, content. She's content. So. <laughs> Forgive me uh, for using such such a horrible word.
0: Daddy's made you your favorite. Open wide, welcome <laughs> some content.
1: Paranorman is a movie that has so few flaws. Like, there's nothing about the movie I don't like. I think it's great at what it is. I highly recommend it. It's just, it's yeah, there's something about it. And I think, I think part of what's makes the movie so popular among nerds is they, they too remember being a kid who liked weird things and maybe older adults or the kids ostracize them for being weird. Especially I think even just as being
0: Christians who like horror movies, yeah puts us yeah, in the yeah. camp of like True. norman where it's like i
1: just like zombies what's the big deal you know yeah
0: i like i kind of like
1: a good kill
0: <laughs> i like i like malignant <laughs> whoa what a <laughs> surprise i like when a lot of people who probably shouldn't die that moment end up getting killed it's kind of fun to watch so i don't know but like because because you had we had a section in our um the so Candyman or Malignant? I can't remember which episode. I think it was Candyman. It was Candyman. And the yeah. section, uh, I do intend to make a, put it up on Patreon um, at some point this month in October. Editing is a lot of time and I just got a promotion at work. So y'all can just be patient before I introduce these new Patreon things. But in the discussion, you start talking about how, like, yeah, a friend of yours uh, was listening to you talk about horror movies and they were just totally thrown back like you watch stuff like that and you're like yeah it's fun <laughs> like it's like this is just something i enjoy doing and like we have a really good discussion again on like content and where to go and stuff like that and i think like w- what would be nice is more of a patient moving into like asking the question well what is it that draws you to things like this what is it that draws you to enjoy or to connect with movies that are scary or violent or whatever and i think Most of the time when I talk to people who are interested in horror movies have more of a reason for why they enjoy the movies that they do than people who just watch Marvel or I don't know, quote unquote, acceptable Christian movies. Cause like an action thrillers, most people don't seem to mind, even though in most of those movies, it's like hardcore vigilante justice, which is way more problematic than trying to watch someone survive a killer. If if you yeah. really
1: want to get down to content and what you consume, I mean two things. Like first, like w- just a thought experiment is I would throw this out to people because I went, you know, I went to a Pentecostal Bible College, who are very Pentecostals traditionally are very can't have fun. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything. Kind of. But <laughs> like, like they, they got very your own fun. <laughs> they're very cautious when it comes to entertainment. Mm-hmm. But what I would throw out to people is like what is objectively more evil? Like a ghoul that literally doesn't exist or the mob, (laughs) but like you're way more likely to watch something involving the mob or organized crime for entertainment. But people get like weird when you introduce ghosts and goblins or watch the descent. It's like, I'm
0: sorry, but like the descent's not real. It's not real at all.
1: This is not a real thing. And so like my friend was put forth, like it's weird that like, Pentecostal is so worried about like magic being a threat. It's just like, unless her school gets attacked by wizards, that's not a thing that you have to worry about. Yeah. It's like, what is happening? Like, did I miss that? Like,
0: they're having a Magic the Gathering tournament right down the road. Oh, we got to shut the school down. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, as I've, I've established at the top of our episode, the real problem that my school faces, people struggling with their faith or moral right. failings. Exactly. Yeah. You know, struggles with sin. That was probably way more worse. Well, isn't than, that the
0: thing? When you start focusing so much on the law, it starts to suffocate and kill you and you have to go,
1: I need to take a break. That, then, unfortunately, that to me is more of an understandable struggle. Like if someone was struggling with legalism, but like this is literally just like eighty satanic panic level. Like they didn't think about it. But isn't that just legalism?
0: That is legal. It's
1: it's it's, a, this it's like a, it's like an offshoot of legalism. But yeah, like, I don't even but like to me like there's a more thought put into legalism versus like that looks spooky. That must be bad. End right. of it. There's no right. thought about the moral implications. There's no thought about legalism or anything. There's just people who definitely struggle with legalism in my school. But like like I feel like that's giving it more of like intellectual like weight than it even probably like <laughs> deserves. Versus, I, I get that. Yeah, you know. But, like, the my other thought is, like, I feel like Christians who consume, like, horror films tend to, like, have put more thought into it. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, because like you have all had that moment where someone was like, why are you watching that? Like, are you okay with that? And you're just like, huh, maybe. And so, you've, you've thought about it. You've mm-hmm. thought about the implications of it. You think about, you've engaged with what is it you like about these things. You've engaged with what if, maybe what things you should cut out of your life. You've like there's so much more engagement that comes Mm -hmm. with just taking a second and thinking about why you watch what you watch or play what you play or listen to what you listen to. And so that's like a level of engagement that maybe people who just like, oh yeah, I like that Arnold Schwarzenegger and I like when he shoots people, maybe like those people (laughs) haven't thought about it. Like Mm -hmm. there are people I know who's like, oh yeah, I watch war movies and that's as far as they've gotten with it. They're just like, well, that's a real thing that happened. So what that's historically accurate. And she's like, I don't know if you've watched, like actual war footage, but most war films are not accurate to what right. happens in warfare. Mm-hmm. Warfare is very boring and then it gets very sad. Like it's not yeah. there's not that war doesn't have very good choreography right. or good look cool looking explosions, you know? Yeah, I just like I think like for Christians who grew up in like strict households or or went to strict places, like because they had to actually like defend their hobbies and like wrestle with God on these things. They've mm-hmm. come out the other side more you know, introspective about these things versus people who never think about their entertainment at all, you know, Right.
0: And you want to be careful not to push people away. Cause that's sort of what the sadness and then the catharsis of Paranorman is, is if you're constantly pushing somebody away, it's like dangerous. Like, isn't it like one of the most heart wrenching things in the beginning of the movie when like Norman's like, look, I didn't ask we'd be born this way. And then his dad gets out the <laughs> car and is like, yeah, we didn't ask for that either. You're like, Oh my gosh. Like yeah. that is so horrible. My, my wife gasped at that part. <laughs> when we watched it. It's, it's, I was not re- Remembering it and it totally hit me in the chest. I was like, oof, like that's rough.
1: Yeah. And
0: like, isn't that sort of the frustrating thing that most people would rather do as opposed to getting to know somebody, especially when it comes to kids? At work, we joke about how it's not really a joke, it's more of us just ventilating, which I guess people listening can start to figure out where I work by how I describe it, but I'm not going to say it. But like, we'll joke about how a family comes in the kids are a little nervous because it's what they like, but they know that it's weird or at least they think it's weird because people tell them it's weird. And then the parents are reluctant and impatient. And whenever we ask them, Hey, you guys looking for anything? The parents always like, they're looking for something. I don't know. I don't get it. Then they leave. And all of my coworkers and I are frustrated and we'll just go, wouldn't it be great if parents like the kids that they made? Wouldn't it be cool (laughs) if they actually just enjoyed exploring them as people like, but sometimes parents just decide they don't want to do that. And like, that's kind of the drama of the beginning of the movie is that no one wants to get to know Norman, take him seriously. Look, Norman knows that it's weird that he sees ghosts. So like, (laughs) just talk like all you had to be is like, yeah, that is kind of weird. What's your grandma saying? Like, that's it. That's all you got to do. And like, cause, because all all people know that they're into things that are considered quote unquote abnormal because they're watching the same shows you are, where the same characters make fun of the other characters for being strange and weird. And you're laughing at the joke and they're seeing you laugh at that joke. And so they're seeing, hey, another deep cut of cinematic doctrine where I talked about a hidden life. And I said, what was it? There was a a New Year's Eve party where someone was joking about Post Malone looking like a weirdo. And like, I took it it wasn't even targeted to me, but I know that I dress eccentrically sometimes or I painted my nails before or I even put it on eyeliner and I've done stuff like that. Cause I find all that stuff fun to explore. And I was like, well, how far do I have to go before this person ostracizes me and calls me a freak or something like that? And like, because people are always observing and always listening, you know, and it's, you can't turn it off. You just can't. And so when you're feeling weird and ostracized and pushed away, it's isolating and alienating to the point that when Norman is approached by Neil, he's like, nah. I don't think you should be my friend. I'm too weird. I mean, that's such a sad thought to just decide you can't have friends because you're so strange and weird. And unfortunately, at least I know my experience, not just in Christianity, but growing up. um, But although, I mean, I guess my experience was Christianity because that was how I grew up. That was a lot of it. And it doesn't make it really all that attractive to think that, well, if the Lord thinks I'm weird or the things that Or even like the things that he's made me like, which I know I'm navigating a mixture of what he's made imbued within me that's good, and then also my sinful nature. But like, when when all of that is wrapped together, is just considered weird, ostracized, or different. That's that's going to start making it really hard in your walk with the Lord. And so I don't know. I just this movie's good. It makes me feel a lot of things, Daniel. (laughs) I just I finished it, and I was like, I think I need to take some notes. But like, I don't think I can handle it. <laughs> I don't think I can handle writing these notes because it's going to be like a journal entry in one of my like devotions where I'm getting too real and I'm like, Oof, I'm exhausted. So, <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to start a rumor that you work at like a
1: fursuit like store. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, why not? I
1: don't understand why my kid likes this. It's so weird. <laughs> Wish well, my kid accept your normal. kid. Um
0: Yeah. Just accept your <laughs> kid for the fursona that they are. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh not to follow up your like very like um honest. Honest sharing, thing, and you're very vulnerable there. And I'm just like,
0: what about furries? Yeah. This whole episode's been vulnerable. You ever hear uh, about that Christian host? He said he talked to ghosts. What a freak. Take a sound. They That'd sound be great like, if that was our <laughs> you takeaway know, what from this freak. episode. Yeah. <laughs> one star on itunes that host is weird what a freak well i've never talked (laughs) to ghosts uh or tried have you ever felt so lonely that you tried to talk to somebody
1: some stranger on the internet no (laughs) (laughs) believe it or not (laughs) i like like i've always i did feel ostracized a lot as a kid for various reasons mostly because um like we moved around a lot and i was very awkward like my brother and I were like the only friends each other had mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of our childhood. And I'm just like I was just like an awkward, annoying kid, you know.
0: You were the weird kid who loved the WWE, and you would <laughs> stomp your foot and clench your fists. The WWE is real. I swear, <laughs> it's real.
1: <laughs> I wish <laughs> it was
0: a real turning point when you learned it was
1: fake. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like I came into wrestling knowing it was scripted, predetermined. I just tried to explain wrestling to my friend Rachel uh, yesterday and uh it did not go well <laughs> just like like what 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 are you talking about and my wife was egging me on because she likes other people to make fun of me for watching wrestling cuz she doesn't <laughs> like wrestling <laughs> i was like okay listen like i was when the you know it just yeah did not go well but yeah i also <laughs> i also yeah i also was like a weird outcasty kid for mm. part of, for a good portion of my childhood not for like, and again, not for any interesting reasons. I was just like a weird kid. So, like, I wish I could just point, and be like, they didn't like me because I was a nerd.
0: Isn't that the thing, though? It's like it, it's not even like I had some sort of birth defect. So physically, I could have like a reason for why I was bullied. Sometimes yeah. it's just like you were just decided to be the weird guy. I
1: went to Christian schools. It wasn't because I was Christian. Yeah. It's
0: just, I bullet kids are monsters, man. (laughs) The more you talk about like your history and like unearth your past, you're like, I get why Elisha was like, Lord, bring a bear to kill these children that are mocking me. (laughs) It's just like, I dig it. I get that passage now. <laughs> Some people lose their faith at that passage. Me, I understand.
1: <laughs> you you t- you said I was talk about like putting like hard time limits on our episodes, and I feel like the main benefit would be like it would cut you <laughs> off before you start saying things like I think he was not wrong to want to kill those children. It's just like, oh, like Melvin, well, maybe, maybe we should maybe we should cut it. <laughs> well, the Lord does it though. So like what are we supposed to think? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe it's that sometimes the Lord permits your prayers that are wrong to happen and then you have to live with it, which could be a very interesting study. Who knows? That's a thread that you're just going to have to sit with listener as we get back to whatever Daniel was saying.
1: Yeah. I like for me, like, (laughs) yeah, but like for me, the isolation was like, I would spend in, in, instead of spending time with other children, I spent a lot of time, you know, playing video games and uh, going to fantasy worlds via entertainment and, stuff Mm -hmm. so like i definitely saw that in norman and i understand like why he would choose like because movies and television shows and comic books they don't talk back to you they don't criticize you you don't have to worry about being weird or doing something awkward around imaginary friends So like I can see why he would then choose that, and then see himself as like a liability as a person, like telling other kids not to talk to him because he's weird. Mm -hmm. And so like I I think like they've created a very realized character here that is very easy for children to identify with, because even popular kids deep down probably feel awkward and weird and and, and, at points. So like Norman is is very great everyman hero, and his the, the difference is like it's always useful and great when something that people feel internally is externalized by something a little more dramatic in this case talking to ghosts but i'm sure for other children it's something else there's something about them that they think you know if maybe you're a kid who has a funny accent or you're like me you're just a new kid at school all the time and so like you feel like a kid who is some freak who talks to ghosts mm-hmm. that like maybe you don't talk to ghosts but you certainly have done something weird in public that other people stared at you for, or you've done something that makes other kids be like, I don't want to be around that guy. And so like that is, I think part of the power of Norman as a protagonist. And I think that's what's so powerful mm-hmm. in the end about him, not just like finding somebody who is like him, but like the fact that just talking to the person and having a moment of where they connect and they understand each other, that is all it takes to save the day. And I think that's a very, that's like a beautiful note for the film to more or less kind of end on mm-hmm. is that like, that is a wonderful lesson for children to learn. And that is a good reminder for adults where mm-hmm. like sometimes people don't need to be fixed. Sometimes they just need to be understood. And I think yeah. for Christians, like understanding someone is a great bridge to then Share the Gospel where absolutely like, people don't want to feel like you're approaching the Gospel because you think you want to change them necessarily. you want to share the Gospel with them because it's super duper important, and you know because i'm it's it's how you enter relationship with Jesus Christ, it is how you enter into eternity in paradise, mm-hmm. like relationship with Jesus Christ makes your life better in every conceivable way, it is the most important thing, et cetera et cetera. But like, I think people think that the gospel is your attempt to walk up to them and make some changes and adjustments to your harder edges that they just don't like.
0: You'll just be like Norman's dad trying to fix him all the time.
1: (laughs) And you just don't like the fact they're different and you want to change that because you don't like different. This is a great story about building a bridge. And like, it is like when you connect and when you can like cross over and be like, listen, like, I don't dislike you because you're different. And nor do I see the fact that you're different as something that's inherently bad. And like, that is where I think gospel conversations can take place. You know, Rosario Butterfield talks a lot about how, like, the part of the problem that Christians face when reaching uh, different demographics is that they want to have difficult conversations without first building a strong foundation right. to have them on. Yes, And so, yeah. like, if you want to have a difficult conversation with somebody, like, it's much easier to have a different conversation with a family member or a friend than mm-hmm. a different conversation with someone who's a borderline stranger. And like what we see in something with like the way Norman treats others and then the way people treat Norman is we see the two different extremes where Norman talks to ghosts. He's fine with them. <laughs> like they drift in and out of his life and he doesn't, he's not scared by it. He's not spooked by it. He just sort of accepts that they are there and there's nothing he can really do to change that. And we see that he has good people skills with yeah, the people that will listen he, to him. He'll just say you hi know? to
0: all of them. He knows them well. He remembers things about them, stuff like that. Like that. <laughs> he he asks is them the how most doing. <laughs> normal person in the whole. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Yeah. He's crazy. The problem isn't Norman. The problem is how people perceive Norman, as you, right. you talked about earlier. And so, like, we see that he is very kind. He's compassionate. And it's just, he, they're just, these are the people that accept that from him. And later in the movie, like, yeah, like, people learn to accept Norman. That's what you want this start a movie. But, like, it's, like, lovely the way they do it. And I think it's very nice. <laughs> so, you know, that's – that is my feelings on Paranorman.
0: I can't believe we haven't gone – we haven't even talked about the, the best joke, which is one of the greatest payoffs in a movie. And it's when Mitch, unfortunately, shoots down uh, Anna Kendrick's character and crushes her dreams – do you know what I'm talking
1: about, Dan? Yes, I do. Yeah. I was purposely avoiding talking about it. Because <laughs> it's also. so funny.
0: Yeah, well, I hey, if you haven't seen Paranorman, just look forward to it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best payoffs in a movie in the world. And you didn't know that it was going to pay, but it's it does. It's great. Oh, man. I would hate to think that that particular scene was why people didn't see this movie. And by people, I mean general audiences. By general audiences, I mean like Christian's. But it seems like something that they would have complained about in, like, what, 2012? Is that what this it, came out? This
1: was the big talking about the movie.
0: Was it really? What? Yes. Yeah. Wait, then how are we not talking? Is that a thing? Because I just watched it. I was like, that was really funny. And then I was done. This
1: was very controversial at the time. What? <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> it. I remember it's being a, good a talking joke. thing. Yeah. It's funny. It's literally, it has its own section on the Wikipedia page for the movie.
0: Can we, can we, can we, can we kind of talk? Can we? Can you tell so, me about yeah, this? Because so, I just think one of our best dynamics on the podcast is that I know nothing and you know a lot, <laughs> and then you just explain it, and I am the straight man that people are, get to to embody. So okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, if it's you it's haven't like, seen Paranorman, check it out. This is our spoiler you've section. You've seen, it. <laughs> <laughs> but the joke. We're you talking have about seen this controversy <laughs> before. That's is, what I'm.
1: First off, that's what I'm going to
0: say. You've seen it with Onward. You've seen it with Loki. All right. It is basically. Anna kendrick's character is hitting on mitch the whole time and mitch and is with awesome... casey
1: affleck yeah it's doing his it's... voice yeah <laughs> but yeah. it weirdly works for dumb jobs. it is
0: so funny and he's just like he's the he is he's awesome Mitch is a cool character uh, so
1: i will say that like first off like on viewing i was a little shocked i wouldn't say shocked i was a little surprised that, some of the more risque jokes in the movie, which center around this from the is, start. Yeah. What are
0: you watching? Sex and violence. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Whoa. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Well,
1: like Anna Kendrick is hit hits on this character Mitch, who's like the big meathead character, and Anna Kendrick who skips leg day every week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Kendrick so is very forward uh, with Mitch, and it, the joke is that it's so obvious that she's like hitting on him, but he is like. Like, he just totally whiffs <laughs> every time. Get it, yeah. He doesn't, he's not interested. And at first, like, the joke, and I will say this plays with audience expectations, which is that you just think he's stupid, but, like, it turns out, like, the whole movie, she's just like, oh, like, blah, 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 and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 which is Casey <laughs> <Apple> <laughs> yes. uh, my Casey Affleck impression. That's just kids, like a ghost story. It's the exact same. My kids same. died. <laughs> yeah. I'm so depressed.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that's what Manchester <laughs> Sea is. Uh, yeah. It's... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, <I'm> so... <laughs> you can't, you can't just die. You can't just lay down and die. Uh, maybe I can. <laughs> do, do you know the movie? You know the movie. Uh... <laughs> you know the movie serenity with matthew uh, mcconaughey
0: yeah the, yeah it's amazing my, my, you mean the one impression- that's in a game
1: yeah my impression of that movie is <laughs> I just i love that movie so much this is a video game
0: yeah it's so funny
1: <laughs> he doesn't say that in the movie but like i was just like driving around to work he'd be like, this is a video game
0: <laughs> the mario kart section is amazing that yeah. movie like once you tell you <laughs> once you learn it's a video game they go all out because they're like hey you know about video games right you're an old man who watches movies. You know games exist. (sighs) And it's just like it's awesome. It's
1: we finally entered the stage of this podcast where people get to see that i'm actually an amazing impressionist <laughs> they're so and that spot we have, on we know
0: about movies that no one's seen like serenity which nobody saw that I was that's one, one of the best trailers yeah. i was hooked i was like i gotta see this movie and i totally missed it for a year i never saw it i watched a youtube video talking about it because it was talking about bad spoilers and movies that don't pay off And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll never see it because it's too late. And it starts talking about the spoiler in the movie. And I pause it and I grab Catherine's arm and I go, no, that's not what happens in the movie. There's no way. There is no way. And I keep watching it. I'm like, I don't believe this. I do not believe this. Three days pass. It's the middle of the night. I wake Catherine up. She's been sleeping for two hours. And I go, there's no way Serenity happens. And she goes, just watch it already, Melvin. Just watch it. And I go, and the next day I watch it. First thing in the morning. I haven't even had breakfast yet. And it's exactly what happened. <laughs> this is all a true story. I'm for not, those who do not know, totally Serenity
1: true. has... <laughs> A standard drama trailer, like it's just like, and it's, it's like, like a pretty
0: good trailer. Yeah, it's really
1: it's, good. It looks like a lurid, like you know, like nineties, <laughs> like adultery drama with uh, Anne Hathaway, Matthew McConaughey. And and, all that um, stuff.
0: Oh man. And, and, uh, uh, uh Jason Isaac, who I kind of like as a B grade, C grade actor. I, I yeah, really yeah. like him. I think he's, I've waiting for him to be in the movie that definitely takes off, but like,
1: he just hasn't been in it yet. And it's yeah. And so it's like, it looked like your standard drama. And I know that because I, when I saw it, went to the theater, half the theater was there because of internet buzz about this movie that has the most stupid ludicrous twist. And the other half was just like, oh, I like Matthew McConaughey. I like Anne Hathaway. And probably a bunch of like
0: older women who like yeah. reading Lauren Well, this looks like stuff.
1: a sexy thriller, you know, with twists and turns and backstabbing. And then halfway through the movie, it's a <laughs> video game. They're inside of a video game.
0: Yeah, and an NPC is half like, I'm not supposed to tell you. was just like what cackling.
1: the other half was like <laughs> yeah what is happening i heard
0: that it was supposed to be a great theater experience if you got a pack theater if
1: yeah. you did not know it was coming it's it's not even really like foreshadowed in a way that makes sense unless you're familiar with video games but if you're also familiar with video games you know that no video game would ever operate the way this video game does it's a
0: video game made by a child but it's about their dad sleeping with people
1: had the way so this kid made a game where where he role plays as his dad having sex with people which is weird (laughs) but like it's it's like the kid in the game is like experiencing an abusive relationship really like his dad's abusing him or something so like the movie ends with him walking the video game as like news footage of like a kid who like shot his dad plays over the trailer it's like another twist on top of like already like insanity Is it,
0: what's the fish called the fish is named something because there's another oh, subplot of like the dad yeah. is a fisher and like he's trying some,
1: to catch the fish and it's,
0: like the fish's name is something really funny I can't like destiny remember. or something
1: yes, like that yeah so what you think awesome. oh that's a pretty dumb. That's a pretty like, blunt metaphor. And like actually, it makes less sense in context of the movie. So, yeah, it was uh, it was something. My wife was like, that was great. <laughs> I was like, it sure was.
0: It's Justice. The fish's name is Justice. justice. He's trying if to, only, he's only trying you can to catch justice. justice. It's yeah. so... Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, so, Mitch doesn't catch on to the fact that Anna Kendrick is trying to... <laughs> Trying to, trying but this to get with them. But this
0: Paranorman has a more controversial twist, apparently, than Serenity.
1: <laughs> yes, because <laughs> at the end of the movie, Anna Kendrick finally is getting through to Mitch. Like, oh, we should watch like this. Come watch this like rom com, and he's like, oh yeah, that'd be great. My boyfriend loves rom coms, like. <laughs> And so like yeah. yeah, the joke is like, oh, the reason Mitch wasn't interested is because he's gay. It's not because he's Anna stupid. Kendrick although he goes, is stupid. Womp womp. Yeah, and exactly. then you know the and then the movie circles on him as it goes, <laughs> 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 and you the know, camera
0: turns to show the director and he's giving a middle finger to Jesus on the cross. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's so, It's like <laughs> paranormal gets spicy
1: So yeah, so the
0: So
1: the controversy was a little more Talked about because I guess this was a little more unexpected in 2012. Yeah,
0: movies were very slow to being more accepting.
1: TV was way so the ahead. thing was like animated kids film features gay character, and so like the the controversy is always like the way it's presented to viewers. Like you know, you turn on and Tucker Carlson's like, oh, they're just they're just having like I don't have a Tucker Carlson voice. <laughs> I don't know why I did that, but like you know, it was like oh, they're putting they're putting gay stuff in the movies, you know, but like. It's like when it's, it's a blink in your miss it, like it's very minor, but yeah, I was like really talked about at the time, which I do, I do think kind of maybe hurt its block. Cause it, that does hurt it with family demographic, especially if you're playing the game of telephone, where it's like a character in the movie is gag is turned into who knows what, by the time your, your mom hears it from her friend on Facebook, you know,
0: and it's already a horror movie, quote unquote. So yeah, it goes around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was kind of a big deal. Uh, I remember people talking about it and I remember not caring because yeah. well, i just like movies so uh yeah like there is a conversation to be had about how representation affects children and so on and so forth but this is already a movie where if you're watching your kid should not watch movies like this on monitor so like you should probably sit down and have a conversation with the kid not just because of this like there's a ton of stuff in this movie that you know it'd be a good drive home for the movie theater conversation or sitting on the couch to the kid conversation but it's so it's such a throwaway moment, and it plays as a joke. That yeah, I I don't. It doesn't really go either way. In to be an honesty, no
0: no moms were calling other moms to say Anna Kendrick's character, who's like twenty one, is trying to have extramarital sex with another guy. No one's gonna call about that. But the second Casey Affleck makes a joke about being gay, man, can't see that movie. <laughs> can't
1: do it. Well, it, yeah, because it's like it's not presented as a good or bad thing in the context of the movie. It's a punchline, so it's. There's plenty of other things we could talk about in terms in terms of like representation in children's media and how Christians should feel about it. Uh this is not the place for it because yeah, it, it's not a battle. Really it doesn't not play into the movie in any way. It's yeah, it is a punchline. Yeah. He is gay in the sense that like it's funny that Anna Kendrick was hitting on a gay guy for a whole movie. It's he's not gay in the sense that like you see him holding hands with somebody or it's commented on or is presented as a good or bad thing. It's just it's a punchline. But yeah, it was a big deal at the time. So That's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah. That's kind of why I didn't want to mention it. It's because I was like, I don't know if I want to have that conversation <laughs> in Paranorman because it, it's so minor. You We'd know? have
0: the same exact... I The, the conversation interesting because it's history at this point and not because of the actual conversation itself. The actual conversation itself about like, like you just said, quoting off like
1: representation
0: in kids movies is that whatever... That's not interesting,
1: <laughs> but history is interesting. So, uh, Melvin, would you recommend Serenity?
0: <laughs> Serenity has a strange – like, every 30 minutes, you're going to see Matthew McConaughey's butt. So, I don't know. That's going to be That's right. The movie
1: does have quite a bit of uh, nudity and sexual content.
0: The, best, the funniest part of that scene, which I found out about online, was – there's no nudity here. Anne Hathaway gets up from taking a, uh, like a hot shower, a steaming bath, no nudity. She's in a towel. But the mirror that spans the entire length of the wall, she has to like clear fog off of the mirror, but they only fogged the part where her face is. And it's so that as an actor, she can fulfill the script that is she clears it off. (laughs) But it's like, but the rest of the mirror was clear the whole time. So she could have just stepped to the side. (laughs) And so it's like the perfect idea of like a director who's just given up. (laughs) (laughs) Because like you would be in the set going, (laughs) "Mm, wait a minute, Mm. the whole thing should be foggy. (laughs) Just it's not there. (laughs) I don't know, man. All right. So I guess. I would recommend Serenity if you want to skip a pa- skip past the nudity and stuff. I think it was on Prime when I watched it years ago. Paranorman though definitely check that out it's on netflix right now and it's it's a fun it's a good halloween movie wholesome halloween we were gonna try and do a wholesome halloween thing kind of fell through now because this might be the first and last edition of <laughs> this month's wholesome halloween hey if we get more supporters in the future and we can afford to spend more hey. time on this maybe even have an editor we could totally do many sections like that that'd be great yeah and we didn't have to always follow what's releasing like venom Two. depending on how venom goes that could also be wholesome you never know <laughs> It's just <laughs> that, uh, yeah, if it's as tame as the first movie and just like nothing happens. Well he eats a
1: guy's head in that movie. Bear, like off screen though. <laughs> it's not real. Uh Venom was such a weird movie. Venom is weird I movie. I also wholeheartedly recommend Paranorman. It's great. Um I I think Coraline is still my favorite film put out by the studio, but I think Paranorman is a wonderful follow-up to Coraline it's like we said it's a great halloween movie it's a great kids movie uh in the sense like i know we i just threw some qualifiers out there but preteen like, or um young teen preteen yeah but like i remember as a kid specifically liking like spielberg type movies because they're a little more intense than what my parents wanted me to watch which was well nothing they didn't want me to watch anything but uh so it's it's, it's like if you're yeah. a kid you're going to love this movie cuz mm-hmm. there's a little bit of danger it's a little more risqué than what you want but as a parent, I definitely would recommend watching it with your children if you choose to show them this film. Mm-hmm. I like it as an adult. And, uh, yeah, I think that's – I can't really say anything else about it.
0: So, apart from the movie, what else would you recommend? What do you have for your recommendations today?
1: Uh, so, I'm going to – I don't know. I I keep whiffing on this guy's name. So, I know like, I cheated on my last uh, commentary recommendation, and I will do that once again. I'm gonna recommend a book called "How to Eat Your Bible." It is a very short but really great guide on how to like have a good like Bible reading uh, aspect to your life. It puts forth great reasons for why you should read your Bible. It puts forth a very doable, easy method to cultivate a good uh, Bible reading uh, habit in your life. It's really great. I was really thrilled reading it. I it was mildly hyped up among reformed people on Twitter and stuff like that. The author is Nate Picklewick Picklewitz. I don't know. How to pronounce his last name. He was briefly seen in the, um, the gospel documentary we did, uh, American uh gospel, American Iceland. gospel. Uh, but yeah, so it's a short little book, but it's a great one to have on your shelf. I prefer it. other uh, there's like books, like how to read your Bible for all it's worth by like Doug Stewart and Gordon fee, which were kind of like the standard, like, how to read your Bible books. I think this one, uh, I prefer it just in how practical and easy to use it is. So that is my uh, commentary slash Christian book recommendation.
0: I'm going to recommend that if <laughs> if we have any parents that listen to the podcast, that you get interested in your kids' lives
1: uh, because
0: a character like Norman just needed people who loved him and who better to love him than the people that made him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, it's a true story. I interact with a lot of parents that seem to almost like, I'll say it this way. It totally makes my heart melt with joy when I see parents that are totally into what the kids are into when they're buying the stuff that they're getting at the store. It is so sweet. I am jealous for that experience. I know a lot of other people are too. I work with people also whose parents say some, horrible things to them. So I know what it's like to, to, I, I've seen the scars of people who just wish their parents cared about them. And I've seen the scars of people whose parents just don't think anything of their kids. And so I just would recommend if you're a parent, uh just get invested in your kids' lives. Don't try and get them invested in yours. Don't take them out to the ball game because that's uh, one of your hobbies And it's really just an excuse so that you can go to the ball game and your wife will let you do it because you're taking the kid to babysit. Actually start to get interested in the things that your kid's doing. Uh, If they play Fortnite, learn Fortnite. (laughs) And maybe it'll be easier for you to regulate what they're Fortnite playing. Um, you're not living in China. The government's not stopping your kids from playing for more than three hours a week. It's your job and they're probably going to be more likely to do it. First off, they'd be more likely to less or they'd be less likely to play Fortnite if you're playing it because it's not cool anymore if you do that. But also, it's just sweet to spend time together. So that's, that's my recommendation. Just a cute one. I think that's a cute one. What's your fun recommendation, Dan?
1: My fun recommendation. There are a couple things I thought about recommending. Uh, I was over my father-in-law's house and he just watches action movies. Uh, he watched that terrible action movie starring Jason Momoa. Uh, that has one of the Netflix one. Yeah. That has one of the stupidest twists at the end. Oh man, I got to check it out.
0: Isn't that the one where it's like, it's bad, uh, bad pharma or big pharma. Or yeah yeah That's i was crazy. thinking of checking it out because um, i think i heard a Letterbox. it's kind of like satisfyingly
1: bad i cannot remember the i can't remember the title off my head yeah but yeah the early in the movie he calls into like a talk show and this guy this evil pharmacist pharmacist evil big pharma guy
0: <laughs> just a right-ed pharmacist like minimum wage <laughs> worker <laughs>
1: They're like, why did you stop producing this cancer drug that's saving people's lives? Oh, because I'm evil. (laughs) That's the best way he basically says. And Jason Momoa calls in and is just like, I am going to murder you. So (laughs) the guy gets murdered. They're like, do you think Jason Momoa did it? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And then it gets dumber from there. So you're recommending Uh, this Jason Momoa? No. And so I also watched Kate, uh, which was much better than that. Kate was really cool. One of
0: the dumbest car chases in the world. I don't know
1: why it happened. But it's a cool movie. <laughs> yeah, Mary Elizabeth with Winstead. My, the way my wife put it is Mary Liz Winstead has played every version of a guy's untable fantasy woman at some point in her life. Mm-hmm. And so she's just filling out that punch card, playing an awesome action heroine. Uh, neither of those is my recommendation. My father-in-law watched both of them, had no reaction to them. <laughs> the only time he reacted <laughs> was he when- Did he just like grunt like, mm, and then put well, on the next one? <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when Mary Elizabeth Winstead stabbed through someone's face in that scene, he just went, ha, ha, that's great. That's the only thing he reacted <laughs> to. <Yes. laughs> I'm going to recommend that you watch all 11 seasons of Gilmore Girls. Yes, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> this is, I it's am so shocked. good. I,
1: my wife has been sick all week and she put on Gilmore Girls. And I am genuinely shocked at how decent the show is. It's amazing. It, it, it has its bad points. Like it's a little melodramatic. Things get drawn out. But the writing is shockingly sharp. The actors are all great. It has that Simpsons thing where the entire group of the town ta- like every townsperson is a full character yeah what we realized and it's quirky great. uh sean gunn james gunn's brother is <laughs> yeah. in it uh it's it's really fun it's it's a great it's a great you put the show on when you're eating dinner and then when you actually want to like, engage with something you put something else on but it's really fun it's you also play undertale and she's not really a gamer but we really like undertale so Well, did, would, a sequel just came out for that too i think kind of it's like a pseudo sequel yeah. kind of Uh, but like when she got frustrated with like losing a boss fight in that she put it down we put uh, Gilmore Girls back on
0: (laughs) so the cycle begins
1: (laughs) yeah it's so we've watched three seasons of it so far it's very charming it's I hate like scripted sitcoms with laugh tracks this is actually more sophisticated than that it's if you're sticking your nose up in the air and like ah, it sounds dumb it sounds like a girly show if you've watched Home Improvement or Seinfeld or any of those shows this is both funnier and better than either any of those types of scripted sitcoms Mm -hmm. I, i don't know actually i don't want to say it's better than seinfeld they're two very different things and seinfeld's great but you know it's it's a it's a solid show if you're just looking for something to watch and if that recommendation puts you off i recommend a science fiction show it's on netflix called dark matter Um, the premise is a group of people wake up in cryostasis on a ship, kind of like the beginning of alien with no memories of how they got there, what they're doing there. And by the end of the first episode, they have used that premise to present the audience with an actually intriguing moral dilemma that immediately hooked me. It's great. It's only three seasons. It's awesome science fiction. So watch that instead. (laughs) My recommendation is watch Jason Momoa, try and kill big pharma with punches.
0: Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash Doctrine. A special shout-out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlion, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck. We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Doctrine. link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk, so get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.